Packers got 152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. <laughs> Tournament predictions and conversation on all the storylines across the PGA Tour. This is On the Green, WFUV's exclusive golf podcast. We are back on the green. It's been a long time. Your first episode here of the 2023 season, WFUV's exclusive golf podcast. Andrew, I'm getting fired up just hearing oh, yeah. that intro again. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've heard it. Sam Davis, Andrew Galata, Mike Calamari. He'll be joining us on future episodes. You just hear Tiger with the, the comfortable season. nine iron. Yes. Like, we're back. Oh, man, you hear it. It just gets you fired up, gets you pumped up for the PGA Tour season. Um, you know, we'll definitely uh, have some new names in the fold throughout the year as well here on the podcast. Excited for that. Um, just excited to get this podcast back up and started. Andrew, you know, we talked, you know, a little bit before the show. Haven't played any golf in a little bit of time, yeah. <laughs> but still very, very excited for what's in store this season in the PGA Tour. Exactly. I mean, right now in New York, it's like 35 degrees. Yeah. It was like snowing, raining yesterday, extremely cold, not golf weather, but you turn on ESPN Plus and you see the beautiful Tory Pines and you're it's like, man, a little I wish cruel. I was there. It's a little yeah. cruel. You, you see that. It's kind of like a vacation of the mind to go away to. Uh, to just imagine yourself in kind of that environment of San Diego, beautiful, sunny San Diego, California, or, you know, early in the year, a couple of tournaments in Hawaii, absolutely gorgeous over there. I mean, definitely very envious of the professional golfers out there, but that's why they're pros and that's why they're there. And that's why we're here in, you know, 35 degree New York, but you know, that's how it is, unfortunately. No, exactly. I mean, La Jolla, I wish I was there, but I I guess we'll just have to cover it and kind of stick with that. <laughs> so looking at the PGA Tour in 2023, there's been a couple events um, to start off the year. There's been three of them. John Rahm's won two of them. He's been very successful early on um, in the year. He's playing some really, really good golf. And last season, somewhat of a disappointment for Rahm, um, winning just one PGA Tour event as a whole. He only cracked the top 20 in one major, which for him is you know very under uh, underperforming for what we've seen from him in the past, but it seems like as of late, he's really starting to hit his stride early on into the season this year. And that's what he said. He said he feels so much more comfortable compared to last season. And the event he won last year, I think, was the Mexico Open, which is a pretty light event. He was the best player there by far. I think the second best one was like Tony Finau, and he's like in the 20s or 30s in those world rankings. So again, last year, definitely a down year for Rom. He's trying to return to that 2021 form when he won the U.S. Open in Torrey Pines in uh, San Diego. But he's been playing just magnificent to start the year. Technically, he's not ranked number one in the world right now just because Rory McIlroy hasn't played yet. But he has looked amazing to start. My worry is, did he peak a little bit too early? Still have a ton of time until the Masters and all the you know, the fun majors, but I mean, he's playing great right now. Yeah. We've seen that a number of times where guys get started a little too hot, a little too early, and maybe it's hard to kind of judge some based off of, 
some of these early events. I think you saw that from Morikawa last Yeah, time. not everyone is playing in those events either. You know, I think we're, we're going to talk about the Farmers Insurance this Open. This is the which, first one where this you get is, a sizable. Exactly, really the first one with, with a pretty stacked group of competitors where you really are going to see who's playing really the best golf at the moment. But you bring up a great point about, you know, potentially peaking too early. It's kind of a double-edged sword. You don't want to, obviously you want to win events earlier in the year, but you also want to be playing at your stride, at your best yep. when it comes to, you know, uh, April and, and, and Augusta or, or going forward into the summer uh, with the major tournaments. But overall, there's been, you know, we'll talk about the Farmers Insurance Open um, at Torrey Pines, and we'll break that down. A tournament that started yesterday, that we're recording this on <laughs> Thursday, uh, due to the NFL playoffs kind of switching things up. They'll be done on Saturday, which is a little different, but we'll break down, you know, what's going on. You know, as we talk, we'll break down the rest of the tournament on the weekend and, and see who's uh, going to win that one. But before we do that, we have more drama in the Live Golf Tour. I feel like I've said that on this podcast a so number times. of times. Well, we started this podcast right when Live Golf was like at its infancy. Yeah. Like it was just it just came off that period where we thought it was like done and then Greg Norman came out and was like we're doing this thing and yeah. then obviously it kind of all went down like right when the start of this podcast. There's been there's been a, a number of moments where we thought Live Golf was potentially going to die or maybe going to fall off and Every time, including pretty recently, Greg Norman has said no. You know, put his foot in the in the ground and said no. We are going to keep continue doing this, for better or for worse. And it's funny to say that we started this podcast about the same time as Live Golf because <laughs> on the green is as old as Live Golf is, <laughs> yeah. which kind of says a lot. I mean, about uh, where they're at and where they still have to go. But they're definitely making strides and becoming, you know, a little bit more legitimate uh, with their TV contract. We're going to get into that, but before that, the most important thing is Teagate, yeah. uh, which has really shaken the golf world. And this is the most golf uh, uh, argument or disagreement I think you could see where it's just like kind of just like, I, I don't want to say stupid, but it's definitely not. It, it's it's kind of a dumb argument. And obviously, like, I understand, um, you know, Rory's perspective a lot more than Patrick Reed's. I think a lot of people, I think seven, maybe more 80% of the people are with Rory. It's re- it's hard to, to support Reed when you really get the background on what happened. And just breaking it down, you know, it was uh, a, a DP World uh, world Tour event in Dubai. Patrick Reed walking over to Rory McIlroy, trying to wish him a happy new year. He said the same thing to his caddy. On January 25th. Uh, on January 25th, yeah, which shows how great of friends they are. They haven't seen each other in 25 days. But nevertheless, they, you know, re- uh, wishing him happy new year. Um, and uh, Rory just basically flat out ignores him. Doesn't really say anything to him. His caddy does, but he decides not to. So Patrick Reed flips, flicks a golf tee at him. A live, a live golf. A live yeah. golf tee, which obviously, you know, trying to say like, hey, you know, this is where I am. I guess, I don't know. I whatever his reasoning for it was, I guess, obviously, more so of kind of a joke, but also to say, like, hey, you know, kind of uh, whatever it may be. Um, and afterwards, which is where things got really interesting, yeah. is where both both sides really trading shots. Rory mentioning, which hasn't been brought up before, something, you know, we didn't know about uh, the public or the media, um, a defamation lawsuit that, that Patrick Reed filed um, against some media members and against Rory McIlroy. Yeah. Roy McElroy with his family on Christmas Eve trying to celebrate the holiday uh, receives word uh, of this lawsuit against him. And yeah. uh, I mean, when you hear that side of it, how do you not side with Roy McElroy? Why would you want to talk to a guy like this? And Patrick Reed's response to that was, well, I didn't have anything to do with that that lawsuit yeah. uh, against like, supposedly, Roy. Sp- like, supposedly Patrick Reed has 
people managing him and his yeah. you know name and image or whatever that's but you tell and me he people, doesn't you tell me he doesn't know what's going on with his own legal team he does it's like so every, he's obviously known as like the the evil guy yeah. in golf kind of the the villain we were talking about a little bit before the show and I think that before the live golf stuff, I think people kind of put that aside, especially the golfers themselves. Like Rory McIlroy said in the past, like they've had some good relationships dating back to like when they played in the Masters together on the final day where Patrick Reed ended up winning in 2017. But I mean, obviously a ton has changed since yeah, then in that point. Changed. And just what Rory said, I mean, obviously everyone's going to bring up the quotes that uh, if the roles were reversed and I've been thrown that tea at him, I'd be expecting a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. And then he said, I'm, I'm living in reality. I don't, I don't know where he's living. Yeah. If I was in his shoes, I wouldn't expect a lower. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great way to put it. Like, I, I don't know how Patrick Reed could have thought that Rory would be like, hey, how you doing? Great <laughs> to see you. You know, after what had happened in the month before, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. From a realistic standpoint, like I like I understand Patrick Reed maybe saying like, "Hey, I had nothing to do with that, whatever that." He's got to make an excuse, I guess. And but going up to him and trying to act like everything's normal when it very obviously isn't just seems like a a really stupid move. I mean, I I just I don't really understand it. You couldn't have expected Rory to be super happy and excited to see him, obviously, with what had happened in the last month or so. Which I mean, I think that's why most people. Well, not the only reason. Obviously, it's it's PGA Tour versus Live Golf, and I feel like you know Live is more so the enemy, and and PGA Tour is is the hero for for most people, not everyone, but no. for a lot of people, um, which is part of it. But I think when you just look at the logistics of this argument or this the spat or disagree um, disagreement, whatever you want to call it, most people will side with Rory, which I think makes the most sense in in, in this little debate here. Uh, to me, it's just, I mean, it's really funny when, you know, you just look at, like, a throwing a tee and, like, oh, that's, like, in golf, that's obviously a big a big deal. It's, like, when you look at even what Patrick Reed said, he said, if you're going to act like an immature little child, then you might as well be treated like one. That's yeah. what he said about, about flicking the tee. He obviously took it personally. I think that right now there is a lot of, you know, animosity between these two sides, especially when you look at the lawsuits. And I think it's not only the Patrick Reed lawsuits, which are just – bizarre because he has so many i think he has like five out right now but the main one where it's live golf versus the pga tour mickelson versus the pga tour all these lawsuits i think that the pga tour um golfers were fine at the beginning of live like go get your money whatever like that's your decision but when you put a lawsuit down on the pga tour and, and affect our living what we're trying to do i think that's where it gets personal that's definitely where it gets personal and that's where this uh you know issue gets a little more heated a little more tense and a little more serious i will say the the, the stakes are higher now and and, yeah. and also i you know i talked about a couple minutes ago how live is starting to gain a little bit more legitimacy in the term of a of a yeah. tv contract that and they also, did pay for but since still. we've talked less cameron smith joins live correct and that's which, a huge i mean that's a huge get for them just won the open yeah exactly i mean that's an and he's a guy that was becoming one of the faces of the PGA Tour. And for Live Golf to get him, that's really massive, um, you know, which happened a while ago. But obviously, yeah, like you mentioned, we haven't talked about it since. And then now with this television contract with the CW, before they were on YouTube, and now they're going to have an actual platform on cable television to showcase their events. They have 14 events now instead of eight last season. Um, you know, so, so Live is really trying to take a step up. They're really trying to push themselves into a, a true competitor with the PGA Tour and you're seeing guys like Rory McIlroy and, and Tiger Woods say you know Greg Norman you really should step down you really should yeah. you know 
step aside, let these two sides come to a, a compromise, an agreement of some sort. Greg Norman saying, I'm not doing that. Uh, he, he's almost he's actually has more power now than he did when yep. they were asking him to step down due to some of the kind of executives around him um, not not being in position. Yeah, anymore. some of the some of the high ranking yeah. officials and especially the ones that were or, I don't want to say legitimate like legitimate like officials, but they worked for like sports teams. Like I remember one of them, I think, worked for like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before. So these are people that have had those front office type experiences. Now they step down. That definitely points a finger at. Greg Norman and what's kind of going on at live and maybe it's different than maybe they expected but obviously right now the golf world is going to be turned on you know these two different tours and it's going to be very very interesting I think when the Netflix documentary comes out yes. the full swing which is going to be interesting that kind of covers all of this and then also the Masters when that's going to be the first time that these two sides really are I don't want to say pitted against each other but it kind of is yeah and I think you know we mentioned last year how we were interested in seeing how the live guys and the pga tour guys would interact in the majors in the big tournaments we didn't see too much of any sort of fireworks i will say there were there weren't wasn't really a lot of drama people kind of minded their own business but i think now with you know andrew like you talked about with the lawsuits being thrown out with with live getting you know tv deals having more events starting to become a little bit more legitimate we're going to see a lot more of that drama of those fireworks potentially in some of those big major tournaments um, it's going to be tricky if live guys or how many live guys can play in those tournaments, because yeah. I think that the, the major, the, the groups that run these tournaments, like the masters or whatever it may be, they are, they're, they're, they've said they're fine with having live guys come and play in these tournaments. But the issue is, um, are they going to be able to qualify or other than some of the top guys that, you know, will get maybe an invite, the, the exemptions, like yeah. you know, the Cameron Smiths or the DJs. Yeah. You know, who knows what that's going to look like. That's going to be another element of this, which will make things very complicated going forward. But it's going to be really interesting what happens with Live Golf in the coming months. I'm very curious to see how those numbers are going to do on television. You know, what kind of ratings they're going to do. I'm not really sure if they'll be very high. I mean, people have kind of forgotten. Like, I think with the, I mean, the YouTube streams did pretty bad. I mean, (laughs) I mean, it was like you'd watch the final event. Where like that's supposed to be the pressures on, and they have just yeah. like music playing on the background, and everyone's the shotgun start, and that's just not like that's not pressure packed. That's not as a viewer what you want to watch when you know you you watch a PGA tour, e- even a regular event on Sunday, and two guys are let's say tied. There's no music, the tension's there. Like both guys obviously want to win and make a lot of money, but it's 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 bizarre. And from a like a fan's perspective, it just doesn't feel like these guys care as much because what are they doing this tournament? What are they doing live golf for? For money ultimately. Versus the PGA Tour, obviously they're making money, especially the top guys winning these big events, but ultimately it just feels like more the spirit of, of, of competition of of loving the game of golf as to why that they're playing in these tournaments and the level of competition amongst each other uh in these tours it just seems like it's a lot different in the pga tour versus the live golf tour and that's going to be something that they're going to have to you know overcome as they try and put themselves into more of a competition with the pga tour and that will be interesting to look at as well going forward but this is far from over we're going to continue talking about this as stuff continues to progress but i want to shift over to the pga tour <laughs> strictly here with the Farmers Insurance Open, it's at Torrey Pines Golf Course in beautiful San Diego, California. Like I mentioned, tournament moved up a day. It started yesterday on Wednesday as we record this here on Thursday into get into day two. Um, it's a pretty stacked group. We mentioned how this is kind of the first event with 
almost everyone there. A lot of different guys there. You got John Rahm, who we talked about, um, also won the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines two years ago. So that's a guy that's had a, a lot of uh, very good memories um, at this course. Will Zalatoris, Xander Schauffele, um, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Max Homa. A lot of big names are at this tournament. Um, you know, round two is underway. But, Andrew, just give me your thoughts overall uh, on the Farmers Insurance Open and any of these guys that you would like to go that, that stick out to you in this in this group. To me, I'll put two points. First of all, with John Rahm, it's very interesting because when you look at just the average, they kind of, I forgot who it was, but they basically added, like, all the top golfers and their average scores at um, Torrey Pines. And John Rahm's with the second best only to Tiger in his career. And it's kind of surprising that he hasn't played well in this tournament, especially after winning the last two. So that was, to me, the biggest takeaway, how John Rahm is not, you know, it's not even he's leading, definitely not leading, definitely not top 20, not top 30. He's all the way in the hundreds yeah. uh, to start the day, at least. And it'll be interesting to see if he can even make the cut. Right now, he's at even par through six holes. But we'll see if that projected cut line at minus one is going to be um, enough for him, if he can kind of get over that mark but to me that's the most surprising thing it just shows you how hard golf is you can be dominant yep. for two weeks and miss the cut on the next that's event. why people you know uh, anybody who who places uh sports wagers or bets on golf it's very very challenging yeah. we know that just from p- making our picks on this podcast last year it's very hard to pick these guys no matter how much success they've had in a course you know, one bad day or maybe one day with, with tough conditions out on the course, that can change everything. It seems like that's what happened for Rahm in day one. All of a sudden, he's fighting to make the cut. A guy, like you mentioned, had a ton of success at Torrey Pines. Yeah, that's for sure. And for me, Justin Thomas right now, I think he's going to surge up the leaderboards. We are talking about it a little bit. He was, because right now it's the two different courses. It's the north course and the south course. And the south course is playing much harder. That's what JT played yesterday. He shot four under. Today he's already one under right now at five or at minus five and he's at tied for 12th right now I wouldn't be surprised if he surges up those leaderboards Colin Morcow is playing really good too I think a big name wins this event I'm just not sure who it's gonna be yet I mean Taylor Montgomery who's the new rookie on the tour playing extremely well came in second last week he's t4 right now at at six under too yeah, Justin Thomas certainly um, had, a, had a very strong year last year, won the PGA Championship, top 10 at the Masters. Struggled a little bit at the, at the U.S. Open and the Open Championship, but overall a very strong uh, year for JT. And looking at a couple of other guys, a guy I didn't mention a little bit earlier, um, who I think is a sneaky uh, kind of a, a interesting pick here in the Farmers Insurance Open, not like we're making picks, but Jason Day. Um, loves this golf course. Talk about guys that like the course. Um, he's been inside the top 20 at this event, at the Farmers Insurance Open, seven times. He's won the t- he's won the event twice. He really likes playing at Torrey Pines, and I know we talked about how that can not make a difference with some guys like John Rahm, but a guy who you could definitely look out for, had a very strong day in, in, in day one. Um, I think he's he's just gotten going as well as most of these guys. We record this in the afternoon. I've, have started their round two. It looks like, yeah, he's 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 five under, so he's hanging around right there near the top ten. Yeah, T12. Um, yeah, and, you know, a, a couple other guys I, I'd like to bring up. Um, I mentioned Will Zalatoris. He finally got that that elusive, that PGA Tour win um, at the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Um, you know, I, I really I expect a pretty big season out of him, especially, you know, getting that monkey off the back, getting, yeah. getting that, that tour win, being so close in a number of majors. you got to think – Heading into those majors this year, having that 
you know, experience knowing that, okay, I can go out and win a tournament being so close last season. I expect him to have a pretty, pretty big year. It's just figuring out that putting, yeah. figuring out the work around the greens. That's always how it is with him. But if he can get hot on the greens, he's a guy that oh, can yeah. beat anybody. Him and Morikawa, to yeah. me, I think, are primed to have those. I mean, they're not breakout years because both of them are stars. They're already up at in, the top. In yeah. the game of golf, but I wouldn't be surprised if they end up getting that major as well. I mean, if those guys can just, you know, do it with – with the flat stick, with the putter, I mean, they're going to be two guys that uh, will definitely look at the, everything else part of their game. Obviously, Zalatoris, his off the tee is amazing, and Morikawa is so good with his irons. But right now, I mean, it, it's kind of getting in that form at the right time. Obviously, like this is also we talked about how they're you know the field's good. It's also this is the first you know major type you know course. Yeah, because you, you play in Hawaii and you see yep. thirty under. Yeah, 31 under. I think John John Rahm, he won at like 25 under last week. Yeah. I forgot the exact score. But, you know, this course, it's obviously not at the same level when it's, you know, at that U.S. Open type. Yeah. But still, it's a very, very difficult course, especially the South course. Yeah, it's a U.S. Open course. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it might not be at that at that at that point right now. It's not Hawaii where it's... Yeah, but it's it's definitely not. And, and that's why this tournament, uh, I, I think, is a good sign of, of what these guys are going to do going forward and how really they are right now. We talked about how, you know, it's about kind of... It's getting hot at the right time. Um, but at the same time, some of these early events like this one at, at a very... Uh, a difficult course at times in Torrey Pines um, could show, you know, who is really uh, uh, primed for an even better year and who maybe is, is starting to fall off a little bit. And Morikawa and Zalatoris are guys that both of them um, you could see, I could definitely see having even better years than last year. You know, Morikawa, um, second place out in Hawaii at the Century Tournament of Champions. Um, you know, he's been playing well uh, so far in the Farmers Insurance Open. So um, another guy's just got to figure out that that uh, work around the greens. Um, you know, he he definitely has uh, uh, tons of talent. A guy who last year I remember picking a couple of times <laughs> and thinking this guy, you know, it's hard to pick against him. Um, he's a guy that you could go out and see winning any tournament that he's in. He's, he's just one of those players. Um, and another guy I wanted to bring up uh, is Max Homa, a guy who had a, yep. a, you know, a pretty mm -hmm. solid year last year. I mean, you know, getting a win on the tour, top 20 at the PGA Championship. He's going to keep getting better and better. He's so good for the game of golf. We've talked yeah. about how, you know, funny he is, how active he is on Twitter, and how that really helps grow the game, especially for a younger audience. But as a golfer on the golf course, he's really improving, um, and I expect him to have have a very solid year this year as well. Yeah, he's another name, definitely that ascender in golf. I mean, he had such a tough start to his career a few years ago, where he talked about how he like lost just overall in the year, like over like a hundred hundred grand, two hundred grand, mm. and he had obviously in years coming up to that, just what mentally what that does to you. This year, or last year, really hit his stride. I know this year he's obviously expected to kind of be that main guy along with, you know, the Zalatoruses as they're kind of, look, they got their win. They're definitely situated on the tour and at, at the top level of the tour, but can they take that next step and become a major winner? Sitting right around the top 20 is Max Homa right now, a California guy as well, kind of close yep. to San Diego. So got to be think he's excited to uh, to play this tournament this weekend. And Andrew, is there anybody else, you know, I guess uh, – I did mention uh, Xander Shoffley as well, but anybody else in this kind of group that that you think is maybe primed to uh, to have a to have a, a good year, maybe even a better year, or even could be the other way—a a guy that you see um, as maybe somebody that could fall off a little bit this year. 
It's definitely interesting. I mean, we kind of talked about Taylor Montgomery a little bit, but yeah. I think he's a guy that you'll see, like, you never heard of him before this year, but now yeah. this is, you'll, he'll become like the Zalatoris type where he's kind of hanging around and mm-hmm. getting that experience. Maybe if he's not winning a major, but he's at least in the thick of it, I could definitely see that. And just someone for this tournament before, because we were going to do our patented pick sleeper fade. Yes. And before we knew that the, the tournament was that started on Wednesday. Yeah. And I just thought for this tournament specifically, Saya Thigala, I thought was a good fit just based off past experiences and these types of courses. He's T3 right now. So that's a name for this tournament specifically looking into the week. And I just had one more point about, yes, we talk about, you know, like winning this event, I think means a ton because next week's the Pro-Am, which Yep. I mean, you know, obviously not the biggest event in the world. And then it's the Waste Management, which is a huge event to win. The purse is there. And that kind of, you know, in, in the past has helped kind of uh, golfers take that next step towards winning a major. So this event, definitely big. And you look at the events to come, also huge. Yeah. And who won that that Phoenix Open last year? I just looked at it. It's Scotty Scheffler. I mean, yeah. a guy that had an unbelievable season. And that kind of started his run where you saw him win the Masters and then go from there. So, that is a very big tournament coming up as well, and that's only a couple weeks away. You know, like you mentioned, the pro am next week, but after that, you know that that waste management, and then you get right into the thick of things there. You know, then you have the Genesis, the yeah, Honda then, Classic. You know, they go and right then, to Florida, and then it's yeah, full and then speed towards you know before Augusta. you know it, the players, and then yeah. right you know right towards Augusta, which is like as you can tell, we cannot wait yeah. to get to, but. It's just really exciting to have this podcast back, and I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm very excited to be back for a number of episodes, I'm sure, in the month of February with some of those big tournaments, and then, of course, in March leading up to the Masters. But I think that's going to do it for this episode of On the Green, the WFUV Sports exclusive golf podcast. Signing off in this one with Andrew Galata. I'm Sam Davis. See you next time on the Green. <laughs>